Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. I apologize for the continued raspiness. I don't know why I insist on yelling when I'm on the radio, but I do. And also, I yelled a lot, as you know, if you've been on Sunday night. I was at the Corn concert. I have not fully recovered. I feel great, but I am. I sound less great. The good news is, is I mean, it's just never going to end. I'm not sick. So you, you know, so, I'm not you, sick. so you think. No, no, I, I know it. Because you mean, know how I know? Because I was, and because I feel great. I just sound... <laughs> You know, well, like I sound like what I've done. I sound like I was in in the throes of of, of ecstasy, screaming my uh, face off for for some number of hours. You know, I feel like I feel like you're always sick if you live in Missoula, Montana in the winter. There, it's the only part I don't like. I love the ice and the cold and the wind mm-hmm. and the snow and all the misery that everybody complains about. It gives me great joy. I ha- I'm happy you can't drive. I'm happy that you're cold. I enjoy all of it. It's my favorite part about living in Montana. The one thing I hate about this valley is how sick you get. It's different than other places in Montana because I've lived in Bozeman, and you you get more sick here. The inversion is real. It's uh, absolutely. I'm with you on 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 everything that you just said. Did we tell the people the other day about the webcam that we were looking at? Did we say that on the air? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We were at a place. We're watching, and they there's you know they have a webcam up, and it's at some beach, you know, some bar beach. Yes, we did tell people in in, in the Virgin Islands. And you and I, I was like, you know, this is why we're friends, because both of us look at that and go, why would you waste your time in the sand doing nothing in the Virgin Islands when you could be here? And I see, here's the thing is that most people, the presumption is that most people go, oh, you are lying to yourself or you're an idiot or whatever. But I think there's actually a lot more people who enjoy and prefer the winter than than uh, than let on. I'm just happy to be up front with it. Anyway, Coulter, uh, it's a big show today. We got a lot to get to, so let's get started. Let's talk a bit about 
basketball broadly as it pertains to the Big Sky Conference. And the University of Montana, who is the number one team in the Big Sky Conference on the men's side as it stands right now. Uh, David, you were looking, you saw that uh, Montana is, is being projected, first of all, because they're leading the conference as the conference representative in the NC2A tournament. And all what all of them save one have the Grizzlies as a 16 seed, some, one publication, ESPN, right? Has them as a 15. ESPN has them as a 15 against Florida State and Raekwon Evans. What an interesting deal that would be. Raekwon Evans and FSU. Have you seen the Deion Sanders 30 for 30? Oh, yeah. I watched it last night. First of all, all these guys now are posing in terms of their authenticity of their swagger compared to that guy. This guy's like 19 years old. He's getting himself nicknames, but it's not just false bravado. This is like the real deal. His his outward brashness is just phenomenal. Didn't, I mean... I, I believe I don't know I don't know the scenario. I don't want to get out here and, and start making stuff up, but there is some race that that somebody said that they could beat Dion in and he said, I will beat you running backwards and ran backwards and won the race. <laughs> I bet he did. So yeah. I bet he did. But anyways, I was just thinking about our most recent Grizz Greats podcast that we do mm. with Pat Kennedy. I listened to that on my drive back from Bozeman. I know that there's uh, not a lot of warm, fuzzy feelings around the Missoula community for Pat Kennedy. That's fine. People can think whatever they want. But I did think that the the first part of that interview, where we're talking about his time when he was at Florida State and right. what Florida State football was in the mid-90s and what Deion Sanders was, and then how Pat Charlie Kennedy, Ward is on, Charlie on both, is on both sides teams, right? Yes. The Heisman Trophy play, winner is also playing yes. for Pat Kennedy, and they also have Sam Cassell and Bob Sura. And it's, just, it's a very interesting conversation because you think about the powers that were in the ACC back then, I mean, the ACC has always been stacked, but at that moment, you had Mike Krzyzewski and Dean Smith and Lefty Drizel and Jim Valvano and on down the line. I mean, so many powerhouse programs and coaches, and Kennedy just fitting in the mix of that. I thought it was just so interesting. But then when I hear that Montana against Florida State, to me, so much about this is going to be, you're not going to get a good draw if you're coming out of the big sky at this exact moment in the league. The league's RPI is not high enough. Whoever's going to win the league, the Grizz or otherwise, they're not going to have the national win that you're going to need to get the 12 seed, which is kind of the magic number for a mid-major conference to get what you'd say is quote-unquote a good draw. Therefore, you're going to play one of the top 8 to 12 teams in the country almost certainly. But I think going to even if you're the 15th seed to play a second seed of Florida State, that's a way worse draw than going to Gonzaga, going to Spokane to play Gonzaga. Even if you're playing Spokane or playing Gonzaga in their home city, it's just it's it's it, their travel so much more rigorous. You're going to have just all the fear and anxiety that comes with the complete unknown. I mean, there's a chance that there's guys on the Grizz team that have played in Spokane or at least or at McCarthy Arena or whatever it might be. There's no chance, I don't think, that anybody from Montana has ever stepped foot in Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah, see, I, I don't think that makes any difference at all. You don't? No. no. I think playing Gonzaga in Spokane as a matter of tr- the travel side of it, sure. Exactly. And, and, and But, like, almost everything with the tournament is an unknown for almost every team that's playing in it. Like, I mean, the, the, you you going because you're playing in Tallahassee compared to playing in say Southern California 
or even the Northwest. Like, I mean, maybe for some kids, like you're going back to your home area. I'm not sure that's a great thing. Now you got parents, family showing up to the games and that kind of thing. The at the end of the day, I think your family's going to probably make the best effort to go to. My I mean, where your you're folks at. might show up, right? Sure, but your, you know, high school, you know, friends and whatever that are that are just right down the road. If it's played in Seattle, you know, or if it's played in in even uh, uh, Spokane, no, they're, they're. I mean, they're not going. But the thing about it is, if you're seated out west too, not only is the travel easier, but you might have a lot more. There's a lot more familiar right. things that could cross in front of your face. In other words. Say you're seated in Spokane, and so is a couple Pac-12 teams. And all of a sudden, you're looking at guys who you've played against before. I think that does take the edge off. I think it makes you feel more comfortable. It makes you, you don't have to wonder if you can compete at that level when you have the familiarity of, oh, this guy over here, I played AAU against this dude. I remember when I hung with that dude. Okay, if he's here, I'm here. Okay, maybe we can make this thing happen. Again, I think it's going to be uphill sledding. For whoever comes out of the big sky, Montana or otherwise. But I do think that there's a variation in draw for two reasons. One, location, but two, I think that there's just a different style of basketball as well. I said this earlier, but I think that drawing a Big Ten or a Big 12 team is worse than drawing a Pac-12 or a West Coast Conference team, regardless of what they're ranked, if you're a team out of the big sky. Because of just the, the style of play, the way that the game might be officiated, the way that the game might be operated, I just think that there's a lot of differences. And I think that there are disadvantages in terms of the differences if you're playing Michigan than they are if you're playing Gonzaga, even though Gonzaga might up straight up be a more talented, better team this year. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think that I just don't think it matters that much. I think if you're, I think if you're, the matchup matters. To an extent, but I think that there look. There's always going to be uh, a, a situation in which say, Montana in 2013 goes up against Syracuse. It just has no shot. Now Syracuse turned out again to be really good. They went to the Final Four. Yep. But also, it was a horrendous matchup, obviously, for the Montana Grizzlies, who just had absolutely no shot to even be competitive in the game. Totally. Because of. The, the the style that was played and the length and all the strengths. Yeah, they, I mean they, they were they were built on and, defense and slashing offensive players, and you play that against that right. zone. I mean, so the whereas worst, the worst shot Montana's players could take. I mean, that's Will Cherry's worst shot is the seventeen foot jump shot, and that's all they got in that and, game. And and whereas if they play say North Car- North Carolina State, you know, I, I'm, I'm making this up. You know, right. whoever some other ACC team. You know, maybe it's an 18-point loss instead of a 40-point loss or something like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the point is, is that that the projections I don't care about. Like the fact that Florida State is whatever on the other side and Tallahassee is the location. Sure, I don't. That is so. But wouldn't you agree that Florida State is a worse matchup for the Montana than Gonzaga? Because Gonzaga is going to have a bunch of veteran guys that are skilled, but Florida State has some of the freakiest athletes in all of college basketball. They have guys that can make Said Pridget seem irrelevant, whereas he might be able There's to operate. There's not a single guy on Montana who can match up with Killian Tilly or Philip Petrushev. That's a nightmare if you're Montana. No, it is. It is. But they do, they don't have the the endless string of six foot eleven guys who can run rim to rim. I mean, they do actually. I mean, th- th- that's the thing is that like Gonzaga, 
the the presumption is that because there's familiarity with who they are in the conference that they're in, that that you have a better look. I'm just not sure that it's true. And because Montana has played Gonzaga tough. Look, here's what I'd say. I'd say that actually Gonzaga is like the the ideal scenario for yep. any Big Sky team yep. because of the proximity and because of the knowledge and because of what it would have meant about the travel, not because Gonzaga is some sort of great draw, relatively speaking. Right. The other thing is, is that that's the one example that that works for. Any other example that you show me of an of a of a of a two or a one or even a three seed going against who the whoever the Big Sky champion is, like, I mean, I'm just not going to accept that. Well, and I know that they just lost their first game, but because San Diego State is from the Mountain West, that all of a sudden you're in a better situation playing the Aztecs than you are playing Kansas State or whatever it might be because they're in the Big Twelve. You know, I, I'm not buying that. Why? They have better athletes. No, they, Here, here's the thing. They absolutely you know, don't no, have yes, better they, athletes. Yes, they do. They absolutely do. The whole thing is you might be, um, if you're a mid-major team that's in the top 10, your talent is probably down the list as to why you're where you're at. You have great chemistry. You have a great feel for each other. Look at Dayton. Dayton's right now in the top five, right? Do they have as good of athletes as even the middle of the road SEC teams? No. But do they have better continuity? Have they played together longer? Do they have better chemistry as a team? Yes. And that's where I think that you run into such a buzzsaw when you play the high major teams because you're going to have dudes who might not be more skilled. They might not fit the piece of the puzzle as well. They might not be a part of a team that's just rolling, but they have superior physical skill than anything you can ever that you'll ever see at any level. Mountain West, Big Sky included. I I don't see how the presumption that just be uh, Dayton. All right, I mean they're the number fourteen. San Diego nation. State does not have a player on their team that is the caliber of athlete as at least four front court players at Florida State. I, I, that, is, that, is, that is simply just a statement of pr- assumption about conferences. That's not a statement of fact about teams. That's what I'm saying. I mean, when you're talking about the number five team in the nation, it, it's the, the conference that you come from. I, I understand your principle. You have, more, you have way more high-level players in the ACC than you're going to have in the Mountain West, period. But like San Diego State probably has way better commitment to each other, way better internal chemistry, but it does not mean they have better individual athletes. All I'm saying is when all of a sudden, because he slipped through the cracks, John Morant is on not of a, 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 a high I, I totally understand. All I'm team. saying is in the SEC and the ACC, you have 10 guys who have next-level athleticism. Yep. San Diego State does not have that. They are a phenomenal team. They do not have 10 guys who have NBA-level athleticism. I'm not saying that any school in the ACC or SEC has 10 NBA guys, but they have NBA-level of athleticism. That doesn't necessarily translate to being good basketball. Have you but watched when, San Diego State uh, when play this year? I have, I th- and I, they have tremendous athletes, too. All I'm saying is that the athletic disadvantages, there's guys on the Grizz and other teams in the Big Sky that literally cannot step on the court against ACC schools, and they would be overwhelmed against San Diego State as well. But there's more guys like them. Think of a guy like Sam Merrill, one of the best players in the Mountain West. This Mm -hmm. is a great example of what I'm talking about. He is a phenomenal player. He's one of the best scorers in the country. He doesn't have the top-level athleticism that I'm talking about. And and that is a great example, and you're right absolutely about that. But I guess my separation is take Dayton and San Diego State. Right. Dayton 
is much more in the vein of what you're talking about. Yep. San Diego State, to me, is great because of their athleticism. No, like, right. that's, they, they are, and that's a bad example, honestly, because San Diego State does have a whole bunch of high major so level All athletes. I'm saying is it's just more about the program, and the assumption is that Gonzaga, who's what, what are they, two or three, whatever. And they've been actually, number one before lost. this year, or, be, within this right. season. Because they have a much more of, can you say, a group effort, but I mean, they still had two Two guys go in the top, what, 12 of the NBA draft last season. Who knows where Killian Tilly's going to go and all that. But, I mean, they this is, it's not the same sort of athleticism. But, I mean, Zach Collins. Did I get that yeah, right? you got it. Good. Who, good do I, who did I always call? You always called him. Um, it's amazing I got him right. That's what's shocking to me. I've shocked yeah, myself. You used to call him something but else, Collins. He's seven Alex feet Collins one, is what you used to call him. and he's shooting threes, and and there isn't even a seven-foot-one guy in the entire Big Sky Conference. I, and I know right. he's not like a 42-inch vertical leap guy, but also you can't play with this guy. You can't play with him. You know? I, I, totally, I, 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 I totally agree. Coulter, I don't know about you, but anymore, I just imagine the internet like taking a walk in the park. What do I mean by that? Well, basically, anybody can watch me all the time because I'm in the most public of places, no matter what it is that I'm doing. Even if I'm sitting at uh, a, a restaurant talking and my phone sitting there, I assume the president's listening to me because this is the level of paranoia I've got. If I ever had a business that had to function online, I don't know what I would do. Actually, yes, I do. I would be completely secure with Blackfoot Communications because I know at least they know how to keep this thing locked, secured, and private for me as a business owner. Your level of paranoia is certainly concerning, but also in some ways justified because this day and age, you do have to keep yourself safe. We have electronic tracking devices in our pockets. We're on the computer all the time, and you never know when the bad guys might come to get your information and all sorts of other things as well. Blackfoot certainly has you covered when it comes to keeping you secure. At Blackfoot Communications, they do deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup, all of it for businesses across the great state of Montana. They ensure your company's network is online, all the time. Safe, secure, and running as it needs to be. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. All I'm saying is you're going to get dudes who are such, as as Jeff Choate would say, twitchy, freaky athletes. Yeah. Stick with me. Yeah. A guy like Killian Tilly is a great like pick and pop, stretch four or five guy, right? I mean, he's huge, but he can also shoot the jumper. A guy like Jared Sabelson, for example, from Montana, he's going to get diced by Gonzaga, no doubt. But he can at least step on the floor. Right. He cannot step on the floor against Florida State. It is over. Do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. I do know what so you're saying. So now all of a sudden Montana's depth is even hurt even more if they play the teams with the high... And just talking about the big guys, man. It's the 6'10 rim runner guys that mm-hmm. you're going to get, especially in Florida, that just put it so far out there. You do your thing, and then I have a question for you. Well, this is a question that's bringing it back to Montana specifically. Okay. okay? Okay. So you tell Nuwana it's 1029 ESPN Radio. You have talked to me, and I I didn't want to buy it, but now I kind of do buy it when you talk about the way that you get a high seed coming from a one-bid league is by by having a signature win. Right. It's and not just about playing the games. You got to win one of them. Yeah. You got to, you, you get a signature win, and that bumps you up. You know, look, if you get into the 15 line, great, but 
12, ideally, 13 is where you got to get. You have to have a win against a team that matters nationally in order yes. to prove whatever it is, even if you're 19 and 1 or 18 and 2 in your conference, whatever it might be. The converse of that happened to Montana. They did not get a signature win, and they did take a signature loss. Yes. Against Montana Tech. Yep. So when it comes to this year, even though if if Montana was fortunate enough to go to the to the to the conference tournament, this would be their third consecutive visit. David and I were talking earlier today about how much how much would that matter? Would that how much does that impact? Because the, the the selection committee rotates a little bit, but they stay there's there's crossover. Yeah, and I so, understand I know what you're, you know, where you're going people with this. in the same room. But the fact that they lost that game, regardless of what they then went on to do in their conference tournament, I mean that's a real that that's that's a loss that you can't have, period, on your resume. Not that they would have, you know, necessarily jumped up there anyway to a, a, a 13 or a 12, but this just feels to me like because of that specifically, that's that really encumbers this team when it comes to the seeding. Do you think so? I, I do you have, agree I with have that? Two, I have two questions okay, for you. I do ahead. think that having a familiar quote unquote brand name is a good thing when it comes to being a low major league like the Big Sky and you're the Montana Grizzlies, yep. but I also think that Montana has made it to the NCAA tournament seven out of the last 14 years and five out of the last 10 years. They haven't performed even close to well, not even close to well, mm-hmm. since 2006. It's it's not as if they are just performing respectably. They have gotten destroyed. Well, uh, I mean, against Michigan the first time yeah. around, it was they, they were able to make it a little bit ugly, and they were able to hang in that game, but they still scored a season low in points. They didn't even break 50. And they looked mostly overwhelmed for the duration, even though they ended up losing by what? I think 14 points, 13 or 14 points. But I do think that at some point, the brand name recognition that they have as the representative of the big sky hurts them and hurts the league if you don't perform better. The big sky's got to have a scare. So here's my question for you. Okay. Montana is built in the image of Travis DeCure. And as we've learned throughout the Grizz Greats, the coaching tree, this podcast series, so much of the the identity of the program, as well as the way they play on both offense and defense, has matriculated through now nine coaches. They all run variations of the high-low offense. They've all, with the exception of this year's team, but you could say Saeed Pridget fills that role sometimes, but they've all mostly played inside out with dominant big men, whether you know whether it's Larry Kristoviak or Wayne Tinkle, all the way through all the guys for the last 25 years. You know, Andrew Strait and Jordan Haskin, a, a bunch of big guys that they play through the post. Now, that's all fine and good, but when we see upsets in the tournament, more often than not, what do we see? We see teams with senior backcourts, guys that have played together for a long time that have savvy and confidence. But more than anything, we see teams that get hot and then they have this irrational confidence. And then the place that they're playing gets behind them. And they're at this neutral right. site. If you're if you are a big sky conference team, regardless of who you are, if you are in it at all, eighty percent of that gym is going to be in your court. So how did Baltimore Maryland University of Maryland, Baltimore County yeah. beat Virginia? They hit like 10 threes in the first yeah. half, and now everybody in the gym's behind them. And and they played a team that plays slow and then tightened up. Yeah. So, so here's my question for you. The toughness, the defensive mindset that Montana has crafted its identity as a program, to me, I think that hurts the Grizz tremendously. 
when it comes to the big dance because what is their biggest weakness? They certainly can go out and hit 10 threes and a half in their on their home court against Montana State, but the, no one would say that they're a knockdown shooting team. They don't have like the Doug McDermott, Kyle Korver type guy yeah. who can just get it cooking. Their best guy, he gets all his points at the rim, he doesn't even shoot free throws. Yeah, I mean, Kendall Manuel can get can. hot, but and, and then that, but that's what it would take, right? And of I course. think I think that's the that's the thing where I think that's where Montana has to take the next step is they got to supplement their current identity, which is obviously good enough to win the Big Sky year in and year out, or at least contend for the Big Sky title year in and year out. They don't have those those shooters or like the kid at Purdue. If they could get the poor man's version of that Edwards kid mm-hmm. last Carson Edwards yep. last year at Purdue, like the point guard who could play on the ball but could just pull up in transition. He was he was he was a blast to watch. I mean, in the side last note, year. side note. If you want to know how good you have to be to play in the NBA, that kid's hardly is he even on a he, roster. He's on a roster. I'm not sure where. I did see. But him. I mean, the Celtics. Celtics. If he's on the Celtics. Does he get any tick? A little bit. But I'm just saying, like, that dude was ridiculous. Yeah. Lights out, and he wasn't even a first-round pick, and he's struggling to even break a rotation. That's how good you have to be in the play in the league. Yeah. But, what, I mean, what do you think of just the fact that Montana, basically, they use physical play. They basically bully their way to the Big Sky title every year with their defense and their methodical nature in the half court. But can they catch lightning in a bottle and get hot from deep like you're going to need to to win one of these games? You know, if, if it has to be that, I mean, if that has to be the formula, then, you know, it says that it's unlikely. They got a couple. Kendall Manuel he can is, light it. Is, is not, he, he, he's not a good shooter. He is a great shooter of the great basketball. Yep. And, but he's also going to be somebody that you presume the game plan for. Here's one thing that I think that is underrated when it comes to teams coming from the Big Sky into the NC2A tournament. And what, what isn't recognized. Because it's easy to see the 6'10 leapers in the rim. But you, the, the game now with the amount of length that is in the defensive backcourt at high major schools, when the guards are 6'4 to 6'5 to 6'6 with arm spans that are 6'6 to 6'8. Exactly. They're close out. You, every, this, is a, this is an open three in the Big Sky Conference that is now a blocked shot in the tournament. I mean, that happens all the time. And you saw it against Michigan two straight seasons where guys – they ran the offense exactly. They got the shot they wanted, and lo and behold, it's going the other direction because the closing speed and length is it, it, you just you can't you can't replicate it. It doesn't exist here, and so that stuff is the stuff that I think really you have to find a way kind of to to work through. Um, but at the end of the day, the thing that I would like to see is we focus on the Big Sky Conference, okay? And recently it's been Montana because they've been the teams that have gone. I think that it's an objective fact, as we know, that the Big Sky Conference is the longest drought in terms of winning a game in the Big Sky. But in I the think, NCAA tournament. In the NCAA right. tournament. Oh, yeah, it, right, right. But I think that if you actually took a really broad view at the bottom, at all the single-bid conferences, yep. okay, and looked at how those teams perform, whoever they are in the NC2A tournament. Obviously, you have your upsets. you got your big deals, and we know about them. But I think, by and large, you are seeing absolute handled games and blowouts. I mean, I think that's what you see. I remember. No, but yes. 
I remember tracking this the last two years. I tracked every single first round game, and Montana had the largest margin of loss. I mean, there were, I think there was only two games that were bigger blowouts in last year's first round than Montana's was. Right, and and last year was a disappointing. It was a, it was a disappointing game for Montana. It was a disappointing draw. It's disappointing for a lot of different reasons, as we know. But two years ago, it was it was a fourteen point game. It was an ugly game, to be sure. And if you watched it, Michigan, once they got in control, never relinquished control of the game. That's fine. But it wasn't, it was not a, uh, uh, it was not a disappointing performance to me. I mean, when Montana's up 10 nothing, you go, whoa, is, is there some way that this, you know, is going to go? But them being outmatched by Michigan is not, <laughs> like, I mean, it's not, it's right. not a shock. Right. But, did you watch North Dakota when they made the tournament yeah, three years ago I've to play Arizona? Everyone. Yes. They competed way better than they Montana. Sure they scared Arizona. They, so that's what I'm talking about. Being up 10 nothing and, and having a lead with 10 minutes to play is way different. I mean, it was a one-possession game with 12 minutes to play when North Dakota played Arizona, and they ended up losing by 12. But, but that's what I'm saying is that it wasn't Montana, but there's a big sky average team that, in fact, did that. I know. That's what I'm saying, though, is that I think that these Grizz teams the last couple of years have been exceptionally good, except for they can't shoot. They can't shoot at a high level. Weber State against Xavier the year before when Weber State beat Montana in the Big Sky mm-hmm. Tournament title game and then played Xavier. They had Jeremy Sanguin, so they could hang a little bit. They ended up losing by 16 points, but they, they were in the game in the second half. That's what I want, and I just don't know if you can get there. I guess to, to, yeah. take, to take us out... Is Saeed Pridget making 11 two-pointers in a game going to be the thing that helps you beat a high-major yeah, team? I just really not. don't think it's no, not It's not no, going to. No, it isn't. It's 2 Tell Nuwanis, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, the good news is it's the 25th of February, and the tournament starts on the 19th of March. So we have some time to continue to sort this out with all our dear friends. We will talk more about the bracket challenge, too. But fear not, my friends. we got some great prizes and a tournament challenge coming to you. But next... Danny Sprinkle, head coach of the Montana State Bobcats, right here with us. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Joined once again by the head coach of the Montana State men's basketball team, Danny Sprinkle. Coach, thanks once again for joining us. We appreciate it. You're in an airport. No rest for the weary, just like that. You turn around and you're on your way to uh, to California and Arizona for a couple of games. So where are you at right now with this road swing that you got to go on? And a, a huge one, right? These next two games in the arc of your season right now coming down the stretch. It is. It's a... Uh... You know, the last, you know, this, this weekend is huge for a lot of teams, you know, not just us. I mean, it, it seems like, you know, everybody that's kind of jumbled up in this pack, you know, from the, 
third seed to the eighth seed, you know, we're all kind of, we're all playing each other this weekend. And, uh, you know, we got two tough road games, you know, Sacramento state's been great at home all year. And so's NAU and, uh, both teams are actually playing really well right now. And so we got to, we got to keep getting better. You know, we're going to have to compete. I thought, you know, even last weekend, I thought we played, we played decent, you know, we gave ourselves a chance to win, uh, in both games, but we just, just didn't do enough, you know, didn't do enough. And, uh, this time of year, you got to you got to make some plays and make some shots late to win it. We were both so impressed with the atmosphere in Bozeman on Saturday. It was an awesome basketball Saturday from the girls cutting down the nets after being the Lady Grizz to them getting announced early on in the first half of your guys' game and everybody giving them a standing ovation. The football team carrying the trophy around. The kid hits the half-court shot at halftime. Full-court full shot. Full-court shot, too. Yeah. Give, him his, give, yeah. give him his due here. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't be, be shortchanging him, man. <laughs> well, I see, I think he got shortchanged, period. I think that's worth hundred grand. Hey, I'll tell you what, it, it might be worth more than that. I mean, the sad thing is that joker made a three-pointer and a full-court shot. We only made three three-pointers all game. That dude did it in like 30 seconds. <laughs> he made as many as there were two. Uh, yeah, he made as many as we did. He shot a better percentage, too. No doubt. Well, uh, but the fact is that it was a great atmosphere, but you guys come up short. But it's one game amongst a group of 20, and now you have four more really essential games. So, What's the message to your team to not dwell maybe on a, what was an emotional loss and move forward and get ready for these next couple weeks? Yeah, it, it is. You know, you have to. It, it's hard to keep in perspective because it's such a big game in the state. But you know, but but you have to. You know, now we got We got to turn our sights to Sacramento State, and uh, you know, you can't you can't lose at Sac State and lose at NAU because you lost to Montana. You know, you, you got to. Yeah, it's got to hurt that night, and and then you got to move on. You know, and you just hope that, you know, you hope that you see some of these teams that have beat us twice, you know, down the road in the tournament. And, uh, you know, but like you said, you know, you just have to get a little bit better. There's obviously some things we need to clean up, um, you know, but I, I thought, you know, credit to, you know, Montana and Coach DeKir, you know, I, they, I didn't even think they were just a high-level defensive team. I thought they were elite, you know, that night. I thought they were on point. They were there on every single one of our catches. Even after watching the film again, I mean, it was just like, you know, they just they they made it really really hard on us. When you go down to Sacramento, they got you know a couple of uh, uh, very good players, and then the Nest is such an interesting environment to play in. And I know this is obviously first trip to Sacramento this season, but what's it take here to go ahead and 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 win a game that you need to have on the road against an opponent that, like you said, is is tough in their own barn? Yeah, they are, and uh, you know, like I said, you know, the the environment you never know what it's going to be like, and. Uh, I'm used to it because I coached at Northridge for 10 years and yeah. our gym was worse than theirs. So, it, you know, it is what it is, but <laughs> you know, sometimes those teams that play in environments like that, they have a chip on their shoulder and uh, you know, and they, and they take pride in playing at home. And so our guys, you know, we have to, we have to come with a mature mindset. Um, the one thing is, is in smaller gyms like that have been some of our better offensive games. It seems like we shoot better when we play in environments like that. And so, you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping we do because we gotta we gotta make some shots and you know we we played really well against them you know the first game of conference up here and and uh, you know I know Coach Guy he's gonna have those guys ready and uh, he'll have some schemes drawn up to you know stop Harold Jabril and and make other guys step up and and uh, that's what we gotta do. Underrated part of basketball, right? I mean, I, I think that if you if you haven't been a player and you, you've never been a, a true shooter, maybe you don't think about 
just the differences in gyms, the differences in sight lines. But we talk about that all the time. And I especially think that, in the big sky. In the right? big I sky, mean, right. Vast. The gyms are so different. And yep. you guys shoot so well at the brick because it's your home court. It makes sense, right? Say, but I mean, well, say, I, don't know, I don't know. Judging by last Saturday, <laughs> we the brick, but <laughs> we should play the both and I. But it is. I mean, you yourself was a, were a shooter, and when I mean, is there a way to prepare for that element of it? Because you're going to play it in front of a gym of less than a thousand people that's super tight and packed in on Thursday, and then you're going to then you're going to play in front of one of the most cavernous gyms in the entire United States at Northern Arizona. The sight yeah. lines are so much different. Yeah. How do you prepare for that? No, they are, and and one thing, I mean, we don't we don't talk about it much, you know. I don't want to, you know, I don't want the guys thinking about it too much because at the end of the day, you got to go, you just got to go make shots wherever you play. It's, uh, you know, but it, it is different, you know. And you see it a lot of times when teams go to the Final Four. You're playing in those huge domes, and it's yep. like there's just a basket with an orange rim, and there's two miles of nothing behind it, and that's how NAU is going to be. And uh, well, Sac State, you know, there's a wall right there. Everything seems you know, closer in proximity. And, and a lot of times it's easier to focus when you're in a smaller, you know, venue, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll shoot around and, you know, we practice like in our auxiliary gyms all week. We'll do that sometimes when we're going on the road, just so they're, you know, just shooting in different, you know, not shooting in the brick every time, you know, and getting used to different places like that. Danny Sprinkle joining us, head coach of the Montana State Bobcats men's team. They are headed to Sacramento State in northern Arizona on the last road trip of the regular season. And, Coach, you talked about the jumbled group that there is, but, I mean, there's five teams that are a game and a half apart from one another, basically fighting it out for, for it looks like, two sort of buys uh, in the in, in yep. Boise. Is I know that you can only control, you know, the team that you play that night, but what is it that's maybe different about this year that way as opposed to maybe, hey, there's one other team that we're trying to kind of get out in front of where it's this this big group in the middle right now. Yeah, and, and like you said, and we're all playing each other. So, like, mm-hmm. it could be completely different. It could The standards could look completely different on Friday morning. Right. You know, and and so, but that's, what, that's what's fun about the league is, is the parity. You know, I mean, even the – even the top teams and, and even the teams, you know, at the bottom, Idaho and Idaho State right now, like, they're three or four one-possession games, one-point games from being in the four seed right now. Yeah. You know, and same thing with the teams at the top. You know, they've they won all those close games where they could be fighting for a six seed, you know, if, if a couple different plays go different. And so, you know, I mean, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting tournament. You know, it's going to be an interesting tournament because all of a sudden, you know, the one thing I think, a lot of teams have, you know, pretty good home court advantages in the big sky where all of a sudden now you're at a neutral site. And I mean, it's, you know, you're playing in a totally different environment in Boise and, and I mean, shoot, you just, you never know what's going to happen. How do you weigh that then navigating these last four regular season games? Because at the end of the day in the big sky, one bid league, whoever wins yep. three or maybe four games in a row in Boise is the one that gets to go to the tournament so you're obviously putting a priority on these regular season games, trying to get better, peak at the tournament, but it is really going to be all about playing well in the tournament. So when you have a guy like Harold Frey, maybe that's not 100%. I mean, how, how do you manage the way you do your rotations and the way you approach these last four games? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we try to keep our guys fresh more mentally you know, than physically right now. Because this is a time where everybody's been through the grind. It's been a long season. And, and you know, some teams just shut down mentally. You know, they, they just do, and you see it. You know, they then all of a sudden it affects them physically. They're not playing with energy. 
And, you know, that's the one thing you have to try and avoid this time of year. We try to teach more through film, you know, and we'll walk through stuff on the court instead of, you know, going live, you know, five on five and beat each other up. But I think it's really important this time of year. You know, you, you have to keep them positive. You know, even after two tough losses last week, we had to show the guys, like, hey, here's some things we did good, but, you know, we're going to see teams doubling Jabril again. You know, like, you know, how are we going to attack that? Here, you know, here's some, here's some more solutions to those, to those answers. And, uh, and just getting them more confident in that because, like you said, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to come down to, you know, it's going to be some one-two possession games in the tournament. There's going to be some upsets, and, and it's, you just got to ride the momentum. When you say keeping your your guys mentally fresh, what does that look like specifically? I mean, is there is there fun to be had? I mean, I know there is at times, but are you actually trying to like implement that sort of levity, or is it just uh, uh, you know more sort of day to day the way that you uh, interact with them, or how? What does that look like? It, it a little bit of both. You know, it is interacting with them. You know, showing them individual film, showing them good things that maybe they did early in the season. You know, showing them making a bunch of shots or you know, just being successful on the court. So they see that, you know, visually it, uh, you know, I think, you know, shortening up the practices this time of year, um, you know, still, still getting the work in that you need, but, you know, keeping them off their legs, you know, instead of going for two hours, you know, we might go for an hour and 10 hour and 15 minutes. You know, we might do more just individual skill work because at, at the end of the day right now, teams are who they are, you know, you are who you are offensively and defensively. You're not going to be adding a ton of new defenses or offensive stats. And now it's just about guys being confident. You know, they know where their shots are going to come from, and and they got to be confident knocking those shots down. So we do a lot of shooting and just kind of individual work right now. Well, coach, we appreciate you very much once again being with us, and uh, best of luck this week on the road trip and uh, and uh, getting done with the second to last week of the regular season. All right. You got it, fellas. Always good talking with you. Thank you. You bet. Thank you, Coach. Danny Sprinkle, head coach of the Montana State men's basketball team. We appreciate him joining us. Hey, are you ready for a new truck? Get to Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton for the best deals on the best trucks, Duramax, Chevy, or GMC. If Coulter and I did rodeo, what event would we do? And did you know that Madison Bumgarner does do rodeo? We'll tell you what next. Coulter, I don't know about you, but anymore, I just imagine the internet like taking a walk in the park. What do I mean by that? Well, basically, anybody can watch me all the time because I'm in the most public of places, no matter what it is that I'm doing. Even if I'm sitting at a, a, a restaurant talking and my phone sitting there, I assume the president's listening to me because this is the level of paranoia I've got. If I ever had a business that had to function online, I don't know what I would do. Actually, yes, I do. I would be completely secure with Blackfoot Communications because I know at least they know how to keep this thing locked, secured, and private for me as a business owner. Your level of paranoia is certainly concerning, but also in some ways justified because this day and age, you do have to keep yourself safe. We have electronic tracking devices in our pockets. We're on the computer all the time, and you never know when the bad guys might come to get your information and all sorts of other things as well. Blackfoot certainly has you covered when it comes to keeping you secure. At Blackfoot Communications, they do deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup, all of it for businesses across the great state of Montana. They ensure your company's network is online, all the time. Safe, secure, and running as it needs to be. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business.
Good to be with all of you. Thanks for letting us be here. Okay, the impetus for this story and this conversation is this. David was sniffing around on the internet, she's very good at, and found out that Madison Bumgarner, the soon-to-be Hall of Fame pitcher for the uh, San Francisco Giants, is he still with the Giants? He is, isn't he? No, he signed a five-year, $85 million deal with the Arizona Diamondbacks this offseason. Now, in a separate note, the Diamond, this is why the Diamondbacks are just, they're just not figuring, I mean, Madison Bumgarner was, well, he is a Hall of Famer. Five years, $85 million now? Okay, anyway, an aside, an aside. He has been competing in rodeos regularly under the pseudonym Mason Saunders. David, what what has he been doing at the rodeos? He's he's a roper. He's been doing team roping, it appears, and winning some serious money. I mean, on the rodeos. Do they not know MLB money? No, I'll I'll say this, Mad Bum. He's not faking it with the rodeo thing. Okay, he is doing. Like he, I mean, he's a, he's a cowboy. He's a ranch guy. He's got you know, he's got land. I think he's got cattle. He does the thing. But do you not know when you're do when the rodeo administrators when this six foot six guy walks up to this is Madison Bumgarner? You know it says Mason Saunders. I mean, don't you know? Probably not. Maybe not. What percentage of Americans would recognize Madison Gun Bumgarner walking down the street? Ten. Maybe. Like ten, a hundred percent of San Francisco. That's about it. So there's about eight hundred thousand people. Besides that, <laughs> it's bigger than that. No, it's not the the population. I know of San what Francisco, you're going to say. City, city center. Yeah. Okay, okay. Here's my question, though, Coulter. If you and I were moonlighting, saying we wanted to just do some rodeoing, first of all, what would your pseudonym be? Because obviously, you can't be Colton Nuanas. Mm. Wouldn't it be Colton Nunez? <laughs> That's what everybody calls me, anyways. <laughs> So I guess that wouldn't be a student. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What would yours be? I don't know. I don't know. Alex Davidson. I don't know. Come on. I, who Bo- knows? Bones. Bones. To tell. To tell. Gus Begabones. To tell. Okay. So, but time out. So, this is question. like a funny story, but who actually reported this? Because if I'm asking Bumgarner, I'm furious this got reported because there is, this has to be a contract violation, right? Well, it was, it the, he did a Rio Rancho rodeo event, and they posted some pictures of him and his partner because they won the event on Facebook. And then a couple reporters from the Athletic uncover or they saw those photos. Now let's be clear: he's been calf roping. Okay, oh, so yeah. oh, I mean, it's not nothing, but of the rodeo events, risk to he's, life. And he's limp. team roping, right? That's different than calf roping. Calf roping, yeah, team roping, right? Calf roping solo, team roping is right. Roping the calf with a partner. So he, you, what He's you have doing is both. The, okay. the partner, uh, uh, one of them, you know, throws the lasso around the calf, and the other one ties it in the team roping. Is right. that right? right? Okay. It's head, it's front and back. David, here's Basically. what we, you said you would do. You would provide us with various uh, rodeo events, and Coulter and I can decide which ones we would be most suited for. Not riding no question. Not happening. All right, well, we got saddle bronc Nobody's riding. happier than the bull about that. I'm not riding a saddle bronc either. <laughs> okay, what do you got, David? We got saddle bronc riding, bareback riding, bull riding, tie-down roping, steer wrestling, yep. 
Team roping, barrel racing. I'm steer wrestling. Oh, oh, barrel racing for sure. For me, barrel racing. That so I thought I was going to have to really? see bareback, uh, not not bareback, saddle brocking, because that's the closest thing to mosh pitting that happens at a, <laughs> at a rodeo. The but, saddle brocker. Uh, I mean, but, I got barrel racing though. You got to go full speed and then stop the horse, and if you don't do it right, you're getting bucked off. But here's the difference. No, you're not getting bucked off. You're just falling off just due, to, due to the, <laughs> the you know, force of science the, and gravity. The, and all. the the saddle bronking is 100% you're getting bucked off with more violence and pain, I think, than just simply mm. falling off on, on the deal. Now, go back, though, because you said there was a couple different uh, roping and tying ones. And then there's the steer wrestling. I'm not doing that. There's tie-down roping. What's tie-down roping? That's what you're thinking of calf roping. The single, okay, that's one person. You you rope it, and then you come down, and you tie it. So any of the things that involve lassos and knots, 100% no for me. I can't do it. I would would end up, you know, being kicked and hurt and in pain, and I would never, like, I would score a zero. Like, is there... My, they would, they could count this on a calendar. How long it would take me to actually pull this off? I can't rope the thing. Never gonna happen. What did you say? Steer wrestling. Steer wrestling. Yeah. You know, I could get. I could buy that. I could it's see the closest you thing in. to wrestling or tackle football. And yeah. uh, so, but you still gotta tie it. No, you don't. No, you don't. You know, you, you just you, gotta you, take you, it down. You, just pull you it. Take over? it down, and then you pull the head over. Okay, that's flip it. it onto its back. Yeah. You know what? So it's a lot of force. I'm just picking it because it was the be the thing that my mass would be most adva- advantageous for, as well as to me, I think it's the least chance of getting hurt. Because me, less, we, less than barrel racing? Yeah, because the horse is running so fast, and then you got to stop it I on mean, a dime. You're controlling the speed, though. Right. But when this horse has to come to almost a full stop. I don't know why stop. you on top of a horse are worried about the speed of said <laughs> horse. <laughs> Are you talking about me or Coulter? Coulter. I mean, these horses, we're talking about pro rodeo horses. These horses can... No, you pick your own horse. Well, so, right, I mean, but my horse, would be, my a horse would be a Clinesdale. No, but it is true. Like, for people who haven't ridden a horse or haven't ridden a horse much, and I've ridden very little in my life, uh, which I know is a shock to everybody, but, you know, it, the the you got a lot of front-back stability on a saddle, and you got zero east-west stability and so i mean you got you got your feet in the stirrups so you get that but it's you know if you change direction and on a horse you need to be knowing that this is happening or else you're not prepared and you are right you're going full speed one direction and it's a matter of inertia and physics that as soon as this you know thoroughbred rodeo horse takes a hard right turn you might just keep going straight and that might be it for you and certainly it would be for me the difference is i know i'm taking last I'm taking a nice trot. I'm waving to the people. We'll take a little wide loop around this barrel. Wide loop around this barrel. We'll come across the line. It's like driving a Buick at a NASCAR race. You know? (laughs) That's why I'm picking steer wrestling because then the dismount is my choice. I'm bailing off the horse whenever I want. I got. And people would say, okay, you can certainly get hurt steer wrestling. Well, me me jumping on top of the animal and wrestling it certainly is going to hurt, but not as much as. My fat self flying through the air and then landing on my head after let, getting bucked off tell, the horse. Let me tell you something, okay? I've I've disagreed with you a lot on this show. I've agreed with you a lot on this show. I don't think I've ever agreed with you more <laughs> about something than this. Because here's what I think: you know, you got you got to learn obviously the technique, how to do it, what you know, the right way. But 
you could be a good to very good steer wrestler right now. Like I believe this a hundred percent that you absolutely have uh, all of the qualities that you would need to be excellent at this, and you would do it. Like I'm with you. I- I'm not getting on the bull. Your your, uh, your other issue with barrel racing is that only girls can barrel race. There is no men's barrel racing. It's only women. It's 2020. It's, I don't think it's happening. I think that's one of the uh, cut, and cut uh, hard lines that's you know, been cut. That's, that's fine. I'll still take last, obviously, because it'll be a DQ, I guess. But David offered it as, a, as yeah, an right. option. Okay. So well, only girls for I'm the barrel it. racing. If, one, one last thing I know we got to get out. But yeah. the, uh, I, I think that people, people in Montana certainly know about rodeo. But from a sports writer perspective... I used to live in Ellensburg, Washington, and I took that job because I wanted to cover Central Washington. At the time, they were one of the top five Division II programs in the country in football, and they had the best basketball team in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, and it was a fascinating place because they had so many transfers and all these things. But the number one part of my gig and in Ellensburg is Ellensburg's nickname is Rodeo City USA. They have a 20,000-seat rodeo arena that they sell out over Absolutely. Labor Day weekend. I mean, it is, it is, it's like Washington Grizzly Stadium, but for rodeo. Mm-hmm. The PBR World Finals was there the night... Uh, the Friday night, Friday and Saturday night of the Labor Day weekend, my last year there. From a sportswear perspective, you're allowed to go in the shoots, but you got to have the full gear. You got to have boots, and you got to have a hat, and you got to tuck your shirt in. It's the only sports writing gig where I've ever had to actually wear a specific uniform to do it. <laughs> you want color? You go down in those shoots when it's the PBR World Championships, and they got the 40 baddest bulls on the planet. You think you were going. These guys are waiting in line to see God. I mean, yes. they, they are smoking cigarettes, shooting whiskey. Everybody's sweating. <laughs> like, We're going to die. What am I doing? I, I could win. A, I could win three hundred grand, or I could die. Yeah. And like the the level of tension, it far exceeds any other sporting event I've ever covered. Those guys, man. We always talk about rodeo winnings when we write about it in the sports center, right. and people think, man, you you won a hundred grand for eight seconds. Damn right you did. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 you're getting underpaid, hundred <laughs> percent. Stu Telnuwanis, one of tonight ESPN Radio. We'll take a break. We'll come back about 15 minutes from now. Lori Payne, the head coach of the Northern Arizona women's basketball team, going to join us. Uh, the uh, Northern Arizona women making the Montana swing uh, to uh, Missoula on Thursday and Bozeman on Saturday. Head coach Lori Payne, right after this hour number two, straight ahead. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, 
your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.